Welcome to episode 127 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Luke Beard. He's a designer, currently the co-founder of Exposure, working on a really beautiful photo stories app with Kyle Bragger. Uh, We dig into his background. We dig into the founding of Exposure, what he's been up to. Super fun conversation. Uh, We came up with a new mathematical formula. Before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsors for making this episode possible. First up, Dropbox. Dropbox is the simplest way to work the way you want. Uh, Whether you're sketching, coding, prototyping, whatever, uh, Dropbox has your back throughout the entire process. Uh, So you can work with any kind of file. You're free to choose the tools you want, but it can handle whatever file they output. Uh, Just straight up. And when you're ready for feedback, you can send large files to anyone fast by just sending a link quickly. They don't have to download it or anything. It just loads in their browser. They get to see a preview of it and they can download it later if they choose to. There's a commenting system in line so people can put their thoughts right alongside it. So you, again, no downloading. It's just all right there next to the preview. It's great. It makes everything we do here at Spec possible. We use it every day and it's an incredibly simple tool. Uh, can't recommend it enough. And our second sponsor back again is Wayno our favorite agency in the world with some of the raddest people. Uh, Brent and I have been going to their happy hours every Friday here in San Francisco. And if you are ever in town, try to come. Uh, we've been meeting a ton of cool people. They've been having really awesome guests. Last Friday was Tim Van Dam. Uh, we got to learn from him and chat and meet a bunch of really cool designers there. So if you're in San Francisco, definitely keep an eye out uh, for the Wayno.co happy hours every Friday night. They're sponsoring the show because they want you to know they exist and they want you to check out their work and they want you to work for them. Go to wayno.co, U-E-N-O dot C-O. Check out their portfolio, check out their dribble. You've probably seen their work before and they're building a truly amazing team with some of our friends. Man, what an awesome team. And you can join them. They have a careers link in their header. They're looking for product designers. They have an office in New York, an office here in San Francisco. So if you're looking for a change, want to try something new, do it with the best people at the best agency imaginable. Go to wayno.co, click that careers link in the header, tell them we sent you. And next time you're in San Francisco, or if you're already in the Bay Area, come hang out with us on Fridays. Thanks so much once again to Wayno for making this episode and podcast possible. And with that, let's get into episode 127 with Luke Beard. Hi, I'm Luke Beard. I'm the designer founder of Exposure, uh, originally from the United Kingdom, living in San Francisco. Wow, simple. Huh. I like it. How many more details? Uh, well, something big recently happened in your life. Yes. Which is why we delayed the recording. Oh, yes. I got very married. <laughs> Extremely married. I'm as married as married can be Extra right married. <laughs> it's very good. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. Hello, Abigail. She will hopefully listen to this. <laughs> She's never going to hear those words. <laughs> uh, um, yes, I am officially married, which is great. Nice. Yep. Nice. Incredibly lucky. And you're working on Exposure? I am. Exposure. Which is what? A f- publishing platform, which is specifically centered around photo stories. So it's like photo centric. Um, I mean, as a kind of caveat story, um, before its conception, like um, I was talking with Kyle, the founder, the, my co-founder at the time, he was What's like, "What's Kyle's last name?" Bragger, of Forest, uh, kind of fame. He's going to be really excited. I mentioned him. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> Absolutely, Kyle Bragger at Kyle Bragger. We've Go tweeted. Follow him right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, like it, back in the day, it was like, oh, you know, I had all these photos, and I was like, oh, I really want like a photo-focused version of Medium. And, yeah, and then kind of like we prototyped from there. 
that was the teeny tiny pitch that started it all. So, <laughs> so your medium for photos, mm. got it. That okay. was the easiest way to describe it at the time. We've you got know. we've got our x for x for y comparison <laughs> down. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. And it's just you and Kyle. Mm-hmm. So how does how do you build it? How does it work? <laughs> um, Kyle is like heavy lifting engineering, kind of wears out the pieces. Uh, I'm all design and front end. Okay. Um, front end, not really on the interaction side. Like he still manages all the kind of like uh, when click this, something really exciting happens. You yeah. Know, I can do the low level stuff, but um, anything you actually physically see or click or tap or whatever, that's on me. How did you and Kyle meet? In <laughs> uh, the Twitter sphere a long ah. time ago um, when he was doing Forest, um, yeah. the, the ill fated community. Um, and. Yeah, actually, in real life, I mean, I think we were like Twitter buds for like three or four years or something. Twitter buds. I, that's how most of my friends here are Twitter buds. Twitter friends are the best. <laughs> You'd be surprised, right? Like just how my, how many of my tight friends literally just uh-huh. came out of. I wouldn't have moved here if it wasn't for Twitter friends. Absolutely. I that's mean, way to go. I wouldn't even have a job if it hadn't have been for Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were just, I don't know, kicking it back and forth on Twitter for much times. I nearly helped him with a wedding website one time. Um, but when I got to San Francisco on one trip, um, we hung out in real life. Turns out we're pretty much the same person. Um, you know, pretty, uh, pretty best friends straight away, I think. And did we just become best friends? Yeah, kind of. You can call me Nighthawk. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked his dog, I guess. That was also <laughs> That's our, uh, one big point of contention <laughs> is the dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always the dog. It's always the dog. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those things like, you know, you think someone's really cool and then they happen to be really cool. They turn out to be a chill person. Yeah. And now, you know, he just came to my wedding. So, you know, really, (laughs) really. So, uh, a decent (laughs) (laughs) co-founder. Yeah, I'd say so. Like a normal, normal friend. Like, Hmm. I don't know, seven out of 10 probably if I was going to, yeah. Why did you two decide to build exposure? Um, so at the time of its inception, we were, were both at Elipath. So Elipath was a a kind of like quasi-experiment uh, startup studio incubator. There was never really a um, there was never really a, a, a brand put on it. It was started by Jake Lodwick, who was uh, the Vimeo co-founder, College Humor, Busted Tees, mm-hmm. and kind of, I was brought in with like a very much like you know you build stuff. You know, you do a lot of things. Like I do wear a lot of hats when I'm making stuff, so it's it was cool to like have that acknowledged. And Carl's the same way. Like you know, loves building stuff. Like loves building stuff past, um, you know, version one, and you know, building businesses. Um, There's a lot of projects going on, and I was actually looking for like my first one to start. And because it's always like you know, bring your own projects to the table. Like you know, you can help other people on the team. And I think at Max there was six or seven people working there. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. So you got hired at this place, but you have to bring an idea for a thing you want to build. Essentially. What? Well, you mean you're you're joining a group of you're joining a group of people who are they I mean, um they we were kind of like pitched as like everybody's a creative developer. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, you're you're developing creative stuff in a space where, you know, you are given the resources, you are given, you know, everything you need to bring an idea to fruition. And you can help other people, or if you really have something, then you just throw that and you start working on it. If you and if you, and if you can find someone to build it with you that you that you know you are missing engineering skills, okay, Kyle, you're an engineer. <laughs> I have this idea, dude. Do you want to like you know hack on it? And he's like, yeah. So um, that was that was basic premise of how projects got started. 
And before I and before even I joined, they like had built four or five things and uh, like you know just <laughs> just just hacking away. This is crazy to me. So okay, so you say I want to build Medium for photo publishing. Yeah, it was like like high res photo essays. Like I was like, why why isn't there something that I can do this easy with? Right, and he just drops what he's working on, says, cool, sounds good, and you guys start building it. Well, he's in the same boat. So do you ever remember Thinglist? Thinglist. It was like a little app he made. Sorry, for- Kyle. That's <laughs> no, fine. Uh- <laughs> Apologize on, <laughs> on his behalf. Thank you. He loves lists. It's great. Um, so just pre- prior to me joining, he that was what he was working on, and kind of like just as I joined, like that was what he'd finished working on, you know, and it was out in the world, and it was doing its thing. Um and so he was like helping out in other projects. And again, like he just, he, if you can persuade someone to like, Hey, this is, might be a good idea. You want to give it a shot. You know, you, you get, you get that like really beautiful s- prototype phase where, you know, you can just have two people working on something to see if it feels nice. And when you're in a situation where you can just like do that and you know, you're, you're everything around you is taken care of. It's, it's incredibly, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, that's an amazing position to be in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I mean, exposure wouldn't exist without the groundwork that was done at Elfath. It's just that. Cause I was at home at the time in England, uh, in my mom's house. <laughs> Cause I went back to get my visa stuff sorted out. And, um, I just come back from Estonia. So to backtrack in my career a little bit, uh, I did a lot of stuff for Zerpli back in the day. Um, and they were originally like LinkedIn for designers. The resume builder. Yeah, resume builder. Yeah. I used Zerpli. Yeah, see? Um, and um, half their team is in Estonia. And I'd never been. Ah, I and I was, I'm still incredibly you know, tight with all those guys. And they're the reason I'm even on this weird startup landscape map. You know what I mean? Like they are the ones that put faith in me way back in the day way back in the day and um so i'd gone to estonia with my camera <laughs> to like bumble around Tallinn, which is this like super weird like half like looks like a medieval set half like bustling metropolitan kind of uh-huh. uh right next to russia uh city and um i'd taken my camera and i'd taken you know like a bunch of photos of this really old prison and it was like it was bizarre, right? Because you know when you go to like a, a, a historic monument in the US, they're like, don't touch this. Like literally don't put a tripod down, you, you know, that kind of thing. Very protective. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this, I mean, this prison, I don't know. I can't quite remember how old it was. Um, but we literally rolled up and some old lady was like, give me two euros. Here's a torch. Go nuts. And there was like broken glass everywhere and like what? doors falling off and um, and, you know, like a medical area which had like vials of stuff. For when you step on the broken glass. Like, probably. <laughs> but like it was all just like the most insane thing you've ever been in. Um, it's actually pure tetanus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like literally stuff falling off the walls. Like you're like, what am I walking around? So you spent three hours walking around this insane place and I'm taking a set of photos I really thought were cool. Um, I just got a new camera. So I was like, yeah, this is great. What camera? Uh, 5D Mark III. Ah, the camera. <laughs> um. So I took this trip. I came back home. I had these photos. I spent a lot of time on them. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I was learning Lightroom at the time. And I was like, this is so cool. Uh, I'm a real photographer kinda, now. You know, you no, no, no. You hit, I have you my hit, own Lightroom. <laughs> you hit that moment where you're like, this is an okay photo. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you, you, there's a difference between like, oh, you know, am, you know, am photo and like, wow, this is all right. Uh, I'm not too bad at this here. Maybe, photography maybe thing. I could learn to take an okay photo. Um and photography has always been like, you know, passion B, uh-huh. you know, after career scale, 
you know, design stuff. And uh, I, had I really a... have a passion for scaling. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, photography. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> hey, Matt. Are cool. you trying to get funded again? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, no. So anyway, I came back. I edited all these photos, like super pleased with them and realized I had nowhere to put them. So... I was like, well, I could put my Instagram too small. Like, I don't really want to start another Tumblr for something so specific. Uh, WordPress, I don't want to install something. Um, <laughs> so I'll just make, I'll just make a whole thing. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I don't want to install WordPress, so I'll build a company. <laughs> no, well, I mean. This That's was, amazing. This was kind of like pre the company stuff, but it was in the vein of what Allopath was set up for. It was like, you know, give people the freedom to build stuff that is going to be really helpful to mm-hmm. someone. And, you know, we we were kind of like, hitting back and forth and you know i I'd, I'd really really liked what medium were doing with, with the kind of like chromeless you know like absolutely yeah. content focused way of designing things and i'm like why can't i do this for the story i have about this ridiculously old crazy prison um and he's like well we could just like design it he's like you know where we work right <laughs> uh this is the <laughs> thing we do <laughs> and i'm like Oh, yeah. Um, so I like, you know, th- threw together some stuff I think would be like high impact. Like, you know, I'd been reading, um, I don't know, someone also got me some um, issue of Kim Folk magazine as like a gift. And it was like kicking around my mom's house. And um, if you just flick through it, it feels, you know, the, the high impact, you know, photography plus like very defined type. It's like super nice. And I was like, why isn't there something like that? You know, I want to throw photos at a service and have something produce this. Um, so, you know, I, I took inspiration from things like that and, you know, I designed a couple comps, like actually use Kyle's wedding photos as a, as a, as, as a, um, as demo content. Um, so you built a wedding website in a way. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, a lot of money in weddings. There you go. So, you know, I showed in these comps and he's like, this feels really good. And then we prototyped it. I mean, we hacked up some really janky, janky, janky code, but essentially, Put website. You Sorry, put- Kyle. <laughs> no, it's- because Kyle did most of it. Uh, I just focused on the beautiful, beautiful aesthetic. It was like kinfolk for web. <laughs> <laughs> the aesthetics I can completely respect, the- but I cannot iterate enough how bad the code was. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, are you listening? <laughs> he's fine. He's fine. Not much of a bragger anymore. <laughs> oh, hey. I don't think I ever used that pun on him. I should get around to Whoa, using. Whoa, uh, <laughs> it's like right there. Bryn hasn't even met him, and he's used it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that was kind of the basis of it. Like that was no, that code isn't anywhere in the, the production version, but that was the basis of something. And you know, um, so he was in San Francisco at the time, and I was back home in Britain. So I was like, you know, we threw around this prototype for a little while. When you know, we gave it to a couple of people, they were like, "This is really cool." Um, and then when we go back to the States together, we were like, let's sit down and make like a, you know, like a very simple, like, you know, version 0.1 of this and see what happens. How did you decide to turn it into a business? When did that happen? Uh, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> so he's built business for, I have always been part of the bigger machine. I've never been on the ground level of building an internet company or product that is gonna, that I'm personally responsible for in its longevity. I mean, I, it's something I like have more and more respect for and the decisions we made very early on like what we surprised you the most that we had people paying in beta oh um yep before actual even launch like during the beta group like we had the option to like chime in and be like if you want to keep using this we're gonna start charging as soon as we come out of beta like if you want to pay pay now yeah and those i think they're uh i can't remember whether i looked up the percentage not long ago but it was definitely a respectable percentage of people are still paying because they're actually 
grandfathered into like 50% off forever also. So, but yeah, um, that was one of the most surprising things because I didn't even know that was a thing that you could do. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd just been part of building businesses. I never built the business. Right. So <laughs> surprise, you can make things that people want to yeah, pay for. I mean, it's I'm, crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. Cause like social networks, people don't want to pay for tools. People want to pay for So when you build a publishing tool that people are actually really excited about, I'm like, wow, this takes so much work out of like the, the stuff that I do, like the, they want to get behind it. They want to support it. You know, we had this like, well, we still have a kind of abstract version of, of a blurb on our pricing page. It says like, we don't want this to go away. We want this to be around forever. You know, I want to be able to write exposure into my will, essentially. <laughs> so, so to be able on on my headstone, <laughs> that prototype is garbage. You got overexposed. <laughs> uh, someone got the username indecent, indecent exposure. Oh, nice. But, yeah, they were. I was really stoked on that. <laughs> mm, did they did they deliver? No. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that was. I mean, it's a very surprising thing to go from like being a designer to like having kind of like. A businessman. <laughs> no, I mean, entrepreneurial spirit. That's like the way I put it. Like, it's very, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure you guys have felt it a little bit with the podcast. Like, you know, this is like a real thing that people are excited about. Um, nobody no, nobody every, listens to this. What are you talking about? <laughs> this isn't even recording. We just wanted to hang out. <laughs> these aren't microphones. <laughs> we found these in the garbage. <laughs> At least they're no socks. I'll give you that. No socks. <laughs> no socks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean. Out of every lesson that I've ever learned over the last three years building this, like it's like building building something people are, are willing to pay for every single month is like nothing like I've ever built or designed for 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 before for for for. <laughs> you made it. So yeah, I mean like um it's it's an interesting landscape to watch tech companies like, you know, um come and go and like you know crazy hype for tons of money and then go away within a year and things like that and well talk me through that decision because it seems to me that there would be an a very obvious path in this environment to be like oh let's raise a shit ton of money and scale and try and go big yeah <laughs> get some exposure was that was that a temptation at any point um yes and no it's like and also you have to think about like raising money is I mean, it's it's romanticized in the in the press. Like you you go, some people can definitely go out and walk into to whatever meat boardroom and come out with meat boardroom. Meat <laughs> come like out it. with uh, tons of money, signed, done, walk away. Um, go get your you know tons of thousands of dollar a month office and have fun. But for the most part, like it it's hard. You know, you have to literally have you know an explanation for everything, and you have to walk in and you have to be like, hey, like here's my thing. Huh? <laughs> and especially if you're like first time, you know, entrepreneur-esque kind of dude like me, like I was going into, you know, v- you know, small scale VC meetings and being like, hey, hi. <laughs> um, but the decision to stay small um, and like actually kind of take enough money to keep building our business and ra- and keep the revenue going up as opposed to the investment going up was a pretty like unanimous decision between the two of us as soon as we like got serious. So, whoa, yeah, what causes you to get serious? <laughs> um, it's kind of like so, like Elpath being the beautiful birthplace that it was, um, but we needed to, we were outgrowing our, our garden per se, um, and we didn't necessarily want the to be, I don't know, I don't know, like a burden or have the restrictions of like being inside another company anymore. So, in March of 2000. 
Wait, what year is it? March 2015. Um, we were like, um, okay, we have to we have to graduate out of Other Path. Be the, and we were the first company to do it, which is super, super cool. Um, and we were like, okay, like we know what our revenue is. We know how much we're growing. Like we know how much we need to raise to build the right foundation to keep doing that. So you did raise money? Yes. Uh, raised like uh, 500,000. Okay. From some really cool people. Um, but, that, but at the same time, it's like, it's an interesting decision because me being like, you know, super noob founder, like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, how did it happen? This is what we were just talking about. Like, no one knows what they're doing, Absolutely. Right? I mean, it's, I thankfully, like, I can't, I mean, I talk about Kyle, like he's my, some sort of boyfriend. Absolutely boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> because he is. <laughs> Work husband. Uh, but like, you know, he's done this before and he's Got built it. businesses and he's sold businesses and he's done it the right way, in my opinion. He didn't. Not to be a bragger. No. <laughs> You've been missing out on so many opportunities, uh, man. That's <laughs> fine. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you, you I, I have a lot of friends in a lot of different situations and the, the amount of bosses that you add per money you take is not worth the creative control that I want over the company that, you know, is essentially my responsibility now. It, we have like millions and millions and millions, millions of photos and like hundreds of thousands of posts like that are my responsibility that I have to keep. Like me and him are together keeping these online for people. The keeper of the photos. I kind of like, and it's different when you are in that situation. Like I don't, I couldn't imagine being like, oh, whatever, a million users, blah, like whatever, we're going to shut down, I guess. No. <laughs> so I, I am really curious how you identified, you have like a few paying users, you have a little momentum. What's the point for for you and Kyle that you realize this could be a, a sustaining thing and it's time to move on? Is it Was it a dollar amount? Was it a number of users, number of posts, momentum? How did you identify sort of that inflection point of of when you needed to take the next step? One of the defining factors was like organic growth. So for some context, like we've never really ever spent money on marketing, like ever. We've barely ever bought a Facebook ad and you know, and if it was, it was- You just didn't need the exposure? <laughs> God, every I think it's so easy. But I think it's you only so get easy. one. You get one pun point As for that because you're just reusing officer, it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, they're just they're just right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's I just can't say no. It's just I always put quote exposure and quotation marks when I'm talking about it now because I'm just waiting for people to like come at me. It's <laughs> fine. Um, but it was like the fact that we had such a really nice organic amount of growth, and it's just. It just felt like it was going to keep going, and it has. Like, we still don't spend any money on marketing, and we still make new money every single month. You want me to tell you a little bit about Facebook ads? <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> <Just> not- <laughs> how do they work? Um, so it was kind of like when we realized we built, built some real value, and we the feedback we were getting was just like, you know, one of my favorite pieces was like, I didn't know I needed this. And, th- I mean, f- the photography niche we're in, you know, in terms of like these stories and things like that is like, it's not a huge amount of people, but in the grand scale of photography, it's a decent chunk. So when, you know, these people were coming to us and being like, this is really great. Like I'm using it as my entire website now. Like how do I move from WordPress? Like how do I like literally ingrain myself into your service and pay you forever? Um, It was like, all right, like this is worth our time. It seems like there's uh, two sides of I mean, it's more complex than that, but there seems to be two general nope, philosophies. Only, about only two sides. Only two. Yeah, really polar. Uh, people that want to build a self-sustaining, revenue-driven business. Mm-hmm. I think of Basecamp being sort of the absolutely massive inspiration the, for all of it. Yeah, like the lead 
kind of evangelist of that idea, mm-hmm. even though it's not a new idea by any means, mm-hmm. but uh, in the tech world. Uh, and then there's the other side that says says Rays, uh, and you you and Kyle have chosen sort of the former, right? Uh, yeah, and and we're not. I mean, it, it, like I said, raising raising money, or at least from my observation, like I I am not going to say I'm like some expert on like going out and hustling and doing all that kind of stuff. Like, thankfully, we were set up in a very um, we were set up in a very uh, privileged situation where, like, you know, we were able to build something really cool and not have any worries and then spin it out and then keep building it. And, you know, thankfully, we already had a product, so I could be like, hey, here's our thing. And people were like, cool, I love the thing. You know, we'd love to be a part of it, which is really good. Most people aren't in that situation. Um, but, you know, e- even so, the kind of uh, mentality of, like, you know, go out, go, go get all your money and then figure it out is just something that is perplexing to me, at least. So, <laughs> Have you made any mistakes? Oh, tons. Um, Could you name all of them, please? <laughs> Preferably the biggest one. I should have a, the shameful ones first. I should have a Google Doc, which is something like that. <laughs> mistakes um, I've made. Please don't release this. <laughs> started this doc. Communications. Kept, kept writing in it. <laughs> uh, Came on a podcast. The end. <laughs> I, I think like putting a lot more effort into support, like understanding that when you pay for something, support should be, customer service should be a, such a higher level. Um, it's it's something that, we, you know, when you experience all over the tech kind of uh, sphere is like, you know, when something's broken, like how fast do they fix it or how much do they care or things like that. And we, thankfully, we actually kept it up pretty pretty fast. But like I always, I still to this day, I wish we were doing better. Like, I wish we were doing better customer support. How the hell do you balance doing customer support with actually building the thing since there's only two of you? <laughs> because it scales nicely. Like, we don't, like, it's like the organicness is... But time is finite. And you're either giving it one way or the other, right? To building the thing or to doing more customer support or did it just work? It's just Ryan, not, you can have both. I think you can. Like, we, everything, everything we've built is so... Bug free and flawless. But no, it's <laughs> bug filled and happy. It's fine. Um, happy little bugs. <laughs> happy little bugs. I mean, I mean, that's another one. Like, that's another kind of like interesting one. Like you know, you don't raise too much. You don't rate. You don't hire a million people. You keep it teeny tiny, and you know, you you just stay intrinsically involved and like give lots and lots of cares or fucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's there. You go. <laughs> literally, what I say all the time is like. You just have to give a lot of fucks and everything else will come. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it, you know, I have people always ask me like, you know, how did you get here? Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, you just make your own luck. You literally don't get anywhere by, you don't get, nothing comes to you. And that applies to product stuff. Like if you don't, you, if you don't work on it and make it good, nothing will come your way. If it's not any good, no one cares. <laughs> and I think it's especially true looking at jobs that aren't, glamorous i don't don't know or or roles or or projects you have to just give a fuck about at least make it the best that it can possibly be uh with your time and abilities if you spend a lot of time giving a lot of fucks that's exhausting and then you stop giving a fuck and then it stops being good it's like there's a cliff of giving a fucks <laughs> and a fucks cliff a fucks cliff this is definitely an r-rated episode i like it the fucks theorem <laughs> this is the fucks principle there's uh, a positive correlation between giving a fuck and quality of output up into a certain point which we'll call the fuck coefficient i think we should make like a like a graph for a t-shirt for the next one 
And it should just be really about caring. The fuck theorem? Yes. <laughs> it's not f of x. It's just fucks. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Great. I'm going to I'm going to say my uh... You are on the most vulgar episode <laughs> we've ever aired. Some poor parents going to be listening to this driving their kid in the back seat like, "What's the fuck theorem?" There's a lot of explicit tags on every episode. You give me a beep button, I'll go through it all for you. Like, no, no beepers allowed. No beepers allowed. Um, I can't even remember what we were talking about. Um, something about giving a shit or something. Yeah. Um, you give an F of X. Because, <laughs> I mean, customer service. Uh, that is like so, especially when you are putting money down. Like, I have never really thought about it. Like, I pay for my personally, like, I don't know, I pay for my Media Temple account, which I've had for the past what 16 what years. What year is it? I know, but it just has all my stuff on it. I, I, I like, it's, as a non-technical developer, you know, all front-end stuff, like, it does me perfectly. But, um, you know, whenever I had a problem, it was solved immediately and things like that. So it's, it's, I've never had really had to think about customer service from when you are paying a product. Like, what happens when you have a problem with Facebook? What happens when you have a problem with Snapchat? Blah, blah, blah. Like, Facebook never has problems. <laughs> yeah. I would say Facebook's maintained the same philosophy, you know, small, understand, everyone understands the code, no bugs. <laughs> I mean, it's tight. It's amazing. It works. It's amazing. It works at all. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> That's it's very incredible. True. No. I feel the same way about any company that has more than one person. I'm like, <laughs> It's amazing that you somehow managed to collaborate. How is it still alive? <laughs> How did you do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. They've like, really reached that fucks coefficient quickly. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's it. That, they, they have like a, a, the level of fucks they give over uh, many people superior. Oh, shit. <laughs> More yes. than one fuck per person. <laughs> it's, it's divided by... <laughs> <laughs> oh wow I love that like how many fucks per person is your company worth there's that like there's not that uber graphic like 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 a, each uber employee is worth was it like 8 million in revenue or something like that but really it should be how many fucks they give that one, should be the 1.2 and as long as you have fucks, a positive fucks plus luck equals bucks mm, I think that that is beautiful that is that's some sort I want to write that down I'm gonna I'm gonna set I'm gonna tweet that right now I wanted to make lux plural but then it sounds like the like valet service <laughs> Well, that could kind of work too. They're worth a lot of money, and I hope I, I would hope they care. I like would hope they, they give you're a paying fuck. those people again. Like Lux gives fucks. Yeah, you would hope so because they're making, they have bucks. Because the if they bucks. don't, then you, their service is gonna suck. Right, or else it sucks. <laughs> hey, oh, oh god, <laughs> everything's zero. Um, circling back, if yeah, the thank you for keeping us on track, <laughs> guys. Thank you, get your shit together. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, it's it's building a company that has people paying it and you are, you know, their revenue is your salary or, you know, very close. And when you have to really care about them, it changes your perspective on building internet. It changes your perspective on using internet. I mean, especially when the services I use every day, I don't pay for those. I'm like, that's insane. <laughs> so... Uh, that like communications, like all the kind of like nuances that come with building a subscription business, like, you know, keeping people really informed about changes, keeping like cards expiring, like all that kind of stuff, like stuff I just never thought about as a designer, not building those kind of products. But now I'm like, holy hell, there's so many like teeny tiny cases everywhere. So I actually, I just ran into the card expiring issue with my DigitalOcean account. Hmm. Their flow for reactivation is so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Their billing page is fantastic. Can you teach us? What did they do? Yeah. So, I mean, they send you an email. That's first things first. Like, hey, your billing failed. I think your card expired. Want to come like hook up a different one? 
and you just you bounce in and everything's like highlighted exactly where you need to go and what you need to do but it's all in the same context of their normal billing page it just lights it up for you and that's awesome like it just tells you exactly what you need to do everything's super clear it's like this is when your last bill this is when it failed this is how much like they made it easy for a dumb person to do it (laughs) me (laughs) exactly (laughs) dick (laughs) no i i actually hit up joel khalifa right afterwards i was like so this billing thing awesome well done there are services that will like call people too like if you really that's the worst (laughs) i do not want people to call me auto downgrade churn is the saddest of all churn in my opinion there's (laughs) there's, like people leaving and they give you good feedback and things like that but like auto downgrade churn is some of the saddest stuff because you just lost business because someone didn't update their card because your emails or your or your page is good enough yeah it means you did something wrong yeah yeah it's a really or you just didn't do it right enough (laughs) uh are those the same (laughs) thing absolutely the same thing but I like the way I like the way you didn't do it. You right. weren't wrong. You, you didn't just do weren't it right, right enough. enough. <laughs> well, you could have not done it. <laughs> I'm not right enough right now. <laughs> so, give me some context here. What is what is day to day exposure look like then? Uh, what for, are you working on? Yeah, I mean, for two dudes, it's like relatively you know easy breezy. Like there's not there's not managerial. Type. I wake up at eleven. I eat a brunch, <laughs> and then I take a nap. Nope. My wife goes to work at 7.30. I get up. I do some support. <laughs> um, and then catch up with Kyle. So he's in central time. So he's already up usually. Uh, yeah. And then get uh, straight into it. Like where it's it's weird that it's like three years in and we're still like living and breathing this kind of thing. Um, we've had a lot of stuff happen in the company. And like, you know, as a, as a, as a two dudes, like building a thing that people know about, it's like a, it's, it's cool. But when we actually get to it, you know, we, you know, we told each other what is, sucking right now and like how can we fix it like or what has been sucking for a long time and like how are we going to plan to fix it um but you know it's it's pretty it's pretty uh non uh yelling at each other you would i i I think most people think we yell at each other a lot more than we do (laughs) i I don't want to like misconstrue but it sounds like there's a lot of stuff that's reactive like here's what's broken we need to fix this what about on the proactive side like what do you want it to be what's the next big thing that you want that you think is going to be be useful to people essentially tell us your secret product roadmap (laughs) is what i want to know um expanding out of photo stories uh, expanding to be more of the uh, go-to platform for photographers. There are a lot of tools um, on the internet, especially um, for photographers, and they do a lot of things, and they're all kind of non... They're all not connected very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I really respect Adobe and what they're doing with Lightroom. Like, their um, their uh, cloud library stuff is, like, super cool. Um, but, you know, in between... You know, learning to take a photo to maybe having some clients to maybe delivering files to maybe selling your prints to maybe selling licenses, you know, all those problems like would be really cool if they were under one roof. That's a pretty (laughs) good roadmap. (laughs) Um, I approve your roadmap. (laughs) Thank you. Non-person involved with the company. Hey, I made one exposure thing once. You did. You were just showing me. I was very proud of it. I know. It was some great pleasure. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, like we get like Oxfam or like really gnarly nonprofits using it. And then sports teams like Baltimore Ravens doing like huge kind of like behind the scenes stuff or Strava, like doing huge Tour de France type stuff. Um, but then we get people, uh, I recently had an email from someone who their mother had died from cancer, I believe. And she'd basically done like a eulogy with exposure. Interesting. And she sent this like, 
you know, several paragraph email that like really kind of knocked me for six because it was like, thank you so much for, I mean, it sounds kind of humble brag, but it is. Where's Kyle when you need him? <laughs> humble bragger. Um, he's going to like love it so much. We talked about him. Um, but like, you know, the, the, the email was like super personal and it was like incredibly I don't know, like touching to me, I guess. Like, you know, I was like probably having a little weep at my desk. But yes, very powerful. And um, from an emotional context for someone who built it, it was like, holy shit. Like, uh, like I have more reasons to build this than ever before. Sort of made it worth it. I mean, everything makes it worth it. But to have an email that's like, you know, my entire family loved this and like they saw it and they were all like amazed by the way I put it together. And like it was... You know, everybody at the at the I think at the funeral had like a link to it or something like that. So crazy, yeah. And you have those kind of really super individual individuals using the product for super personal reasons, but mm-hmm. then you get like insane stuff, like um, a project called Dear World, which did a kind of like a photo essay on survivors of the Boston uh, marathon bombing. Um, and it was like you know basically they got port- they had like super um, intimate portraits done of the people that survived, and that was one of like our biggest posts ever. Um, so you, there's so many, you know, there's so many ways people use it and it's just insane and amazing because <laughs> I just built this internet thing and people want to use it. <laughs> You're still in disbelief and, and it's been three years. Why wouldn't I? Like, yeah. You realize I'm like sat like in San Francisco and I've like been working on this thing for three years and it's like paying our salaries and people use it and pay us and love it. Building internet is insane. It depends which way you go into it. It depends which things you pay attention to. But it's there's never been such an amazing way to build something that is actually impactful to someone's life. Like I think about the opportunities my parents had or my parents' parents had. Like there's never been anything that has been this way and been available so readily. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Uh, where did you come from? How did how did you <laughs> get this group of sensibilities to put? what you put into exposure into exposure where did Uh, you start out uh so i'm from the united kingdom and i'm from a tiny place called the forest of dean um which is kind of like the midlands um of middle earth middle earth basically it's a shire it's legit legitimate shire um shire is an actual word mm, for some context they filmed the new star wars there uh that's the coolest thing i can say about it that is off the top of my head um it's very beautiful place is forest of dean it it's literally a forest like it is beautiful to go Hmm. home to I wouldn't have expected. I know, right? <laughs> Several deans that live there. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it's it was a very. It's basically a bunch of small small villages, towns like stuck together with a bunch of roads and sheep. And you can't have a shire without sheep. That's true. I would hope not. Um, but they get like free roam, like in my area, so they just walk around and sleep in this, like sleep in the street. It's like really weird. Um, Sounds dangerous. Uh, I. Surprise! Well, not- hobbits don't drive, so problem oh, solved. Mm-hmm, that was—I mm-hmm. had to deal with being called a hobbit at school. It was pretty good. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I'm a small statured man for my size. <laughs> small statured for my size. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, from there, uh, I don't know. I got some. Uh, I think my dad bought our first computer when I was nine or ten. Fifty-six uh, K modem, you know, like. Um, remember changing all the window sounds to my voice. Uh, it's like my first, like, wow, this is cool. And like, start menu. Like, my <laughs> parents not cool with that. Kind of damn went- it, Luke. <laughs> basically, basically, uh, went through school. No real kind of like computer stuff. Like in our school, when I was in high school, I guess. Um, but when I left, I had the opportunity to go to a. It was called a B Tech National in ICT. 
And it was basically like a very broad range computer cla- uh, computer course, uh, you know, spreadsheets, word processing. And there was two there was two modules on applications, which included Photoshop. And uh, another one was web design, but it was like front page-esque web design. So, you know, very, very, I, mean, I think we did. WYSIWYG. Yeah, like Macromedia Dreamweaver for like a tad second, but most of it front page. Um, so those are my first two exposures to anything. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> God damn it. Nailed it in one. <laughs> Walk right into it. Hey. Hey, yo. Um, but those are my first two exposures to like being creative with computers, I guess. I Before, I mean, the most creative thing I did was like doodle spaceships on my grandma's kitchen table. Like I'd never Is been. Is there anything more creative? No. Like really detailed ones. You, know, you like can have whatever shoes. you want. It's a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like I'd never been kind of really creative in, until that point, and you know I got hold of Photoshop, made like sweet banners for my NeoWin uh, signature. There's gonna be a couple of people that NeoWin. Nobody remembers NeoWin. We get a lot of NeoPets. I remember NeoWin. NeoWin was like a like a message board. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. I like figured out how to like make PHP like randomize one. It was really cool. Whoa. Um. But I mean, that was like the very fledgling of my Photoshop skills, like, you know, using Photoshop to like slice up stuff and generate websites and things like that. And then I left uh, kind of that course and self-taught myself CSS, uh, like more and more Photoshop, more and more print stuff. Like I wanted to uh, understand how they make CD covers because I wanted to be like a CD artist. Didn't we all? Really? Yeah. And I had a few, like a couple were sold on like Amazon and stuff like that. And they could, I went into a few stores and they were all metal CDs and they were super nice. ridiculous. They were like super textured. And I think I just tried to r- rip off Jacob Bannon from Converge all the time. And it was just the most ridiculous stuff. Brian, did you said you wanted to. Did you actually design any? No, but uh, in high school, I took a graphic design class. To do show posters and stuff. <laughs> we did show posters. And then we one of the projects was to make a CD cover for your own band. Mm. And so I'm from uh, Colorado. Mount, uh, Colorado, a mountain community. So I made my band name was uh, <laughs> White Boys from a Mountain Community <laughs> with my roommate, Matt, uh, WBFMC. <laughs> it will unite at some point. Uh, oh, but God. yeah, we you, made you it really. live together. You didn't ever like. Yeah. Uh, if we had Do the mics in the kitchen, we'd still be recording That's recording our album, but that'll just have to come later. So. so I actually ran the student record label at my college. What? And we created compilation albums every year. Did you do the artwork? I did. Oh, there you go. So good. That was terrifying. How many, how many <laughs> volumes? Uh, Three. Nice. I think. Yeah. Yay. All of them had to be purple and gold based because that was our, our school colors. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> so you were you you're making... Yep. Thing. Uh, I was doing a lot of show posters. Um, they're all like in some horrible Flickr account, which I'm never ever going to get rid of. Um, but of you sh- are going to share the URL with us. Absolutely. Now. No, I absolutely. I, I will. I can't remember the exact one right now, but I will dig it up if you want to see it. Um, so yeah, I was making. I was make, trying to make myself like portfolio websites, and this was like Web 2.0, like super gnarly, Ooh, like glossy. Yeah, glossy. A lot of like really bad gradients. Um, so yeah, I like, you know, I put together a uh, a website for myself uh, for like my design work and and then I kind of floundered for a little bit. Like I didn't know what to do with these skills I had because I was from a small town and like, I don't know what I was doing. Like, what do I do? Like walk out and go find clients? Like, what the hell do I do? Um, and thankfully, and in a magic kind of like, wow, the state worked, um, I didn't have a job for a little bit and the state came in and was like, hey, 
we need to get you in a job because you're not a valuable member of society right now. <laughs> so um, they basically say, hey, what do you want to do? Like, we can find you a placement or like some sort of what? Like, quasi. This is absolutely true. Like, thank you, uh, Gloucestershire uh, Job Seeking Services for this. Um, and they were like, hey. Link in the, link in the show notes for anyone interested. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that lives in Gloucestershire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, uh, I really like, like design stuff. I like web. Like, uh-huh. like, you know, it's just I like. I do Neo in banners. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Forum banners. Um, They're like, I demand. I I was just some, I don't know. I think I was like some dorky 17 year old at this point. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Want your computer to sound like my voice? <laughs> Minima- minimize was my favorite. I'm one. a recording artist. <laughs> minimize. Uh, I could have made like a Fiverr profile for it. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, "Okay, cool." And they actually found me um, like a placement at a local. I say local. It was like a t- two or three hour bus ride from my house um, at an agency. And they were like, "They they've been doing web design for I don't know. I think they've been open the shop. The actual the web design agency shop part of it had been open for like three or four years." before me and they'd just been contracting designers. So they were like, hey, these people have no designer and they're interested in like taking you on as like someone who doesn't know what he's doing and just like seeing what happens. It was like unpaid for like three months and they're like, at the end of it, you might get a job. I was like, cool, absolutely. I'll get on this bus. (laughs) They found you a job that wasn't a job. Yes, they they found me a job that might have been a job. So I'd never worked in, I'd barely ever had a real job. I'd barely ever had like a real, you know, um, co-working environment, anything like that. So, you know, I rolled up in my incredibly baggy jeans and my shitty Slipknot t-shirt. And, you know, I sat down and I got yelled at and I did really bad websites for, for housing agencies, for caravan sales websites. And I did that for three years. And because after the three months, they were like, do you want to just stay? You know, I got paid nothing, but I was doing, I had a job in something I wanted to do. And like, my brain was like, this is how it works. You know, you, if you try harder stuff and you try to be good at something and you can actually get somewhere. Huh. So it's funny how hard work and determination. It's so like, uh, like, <laughs> like, what's the secret? I'm like, don't be lame. I don't know. Fox <laughs> plus Lux equals bucks. Fox plus Lux, everybody. Um, so yeah, I mean, I did that for three years. I like got paid like ass. It was terrible. And I, you know, I'd like made enough money. I'd like moved to the city where the agency was. So like, you know, I kind of graduated out of my shitty town and like gone to the bigger. That's like the greatest first step, isn't it? Yeah. Like it was like, hell yeah. It was like, oh, I'm nearly an adult. Um, that was cool. And I was like, you know, I was like, wow, this is really a thing. And then I started like understanding that like, I need to keep working on these skills. So I tried to expand all my like graphic design stuff or my web stuff or my web des- design stuff. I could really like, I really like front end stuff. So I'm going to like throw a bunch of time into like learning that, mm-hmm. you know, so I like hacked around Tumblr themes for a long time because, you know, the templating language was really cool to me then. Cause like, you know, <laughs> it, it was like, if you remove Suddenly it, you're just like, good qualifier. to me then. <laughs> yeah. But you not know, anymore and not to anyone else. No, screw you. Uh, but no, like, you know, when you first understand HTML yeah. success, like you can get your yeah. head around like, oh, it's you know. amazing. And it's super empowering when you see something like that. Absolutely. absolutely. For sure. To, to make, to start making something that people think is really cool. It's like, yeah. And, you know, and I started paying attention to Twitter and like, you know, following designers I like. And it was, you know, I made some stupid avatar and then I got listed in some like designers like to watch or something like that. And I was like, ah, it's ridiculous. Like Roger King was in the same list. I was like, oh, this is so cool. So that kept, I mean, that kind of just kept happening. Like I kept paying attention to the web design community. I kept paying attention to uh, design resources, things like that. And it's just, it's just keep working on it. 
And then I started paying attention to quote unquote startups and it changed my perspective on everything because I was using Twitter and I was using Facebook and I was using all those things. And I was like, wow, there are people behind these things. It's not just magic. Absolutely. Because you don't pay attention. Like, you know, your mom doesn't understand like the Facebook is like 50 bazillion people or Twitter is like 50 bazillion. And it just doesn't make any sense. For the longest time, I thought like everything was coded in binary. Like I didn't think there were other (laughs) languages. I went, oh man, that is such an innocent. I was like, okay. Up until I was like 13, 14, something like that. Right. Like I didn't realize there were other languages. And so I was like, this is all magic. How does this exist? Oh, Oh. (laughs) you can abstract it out. Oh, Oh, yeah. I Hmm. see. But to like get the perspective of like there are people building the products that you use in the internet. It's it's a really it, it changes. It's like so I skateboarded a lot when I was a kid, and you know when you like look, you know you learn to skateboard, and then you like look at a ledge, you're like, wow, you could do that sweet trick on there. And like I look at Twitter or Facebook now, and you like see all the parts of it. You like see everything that comes together to make one big thing. So when you still I, probably get a concussion trying, but <laughs> <laughs> concussions from internet. Um, so yeah, we like kind of started getting my head around that and I was like, well, maybe that might be cool out of sight of agency life. It's like agency life is cool, but it's not, you know, I'm not really in control of anything apart from... You didn't have agency in the agency? <laughs> God, <laughs> you just rolls them out. Nailing it today. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and it was like a very, I, I remember the mental shift very clearly that it was like, well, I guess that I definitely don't want to do this anymore. So I'm going to like work or see what is going out, what else is going on in the world. And I think I like applied for a couple of jobs from like web hosting companies because around my area, because they were like the closest things to like startups or like companies. And I was like, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> um, but at that point, like I was like, I'd already had three years of kind of like in the trenches agency life under my belt. Like I've been yelled at, I've been like, you know, design scraps, like uh, people accept really terrible shit over some other shit or like. uh, Your shit's slightly better than this other guy's shit. Yeah, but you know, like I truly believe those years were super important because it, it, it buried into me like the, the, the kind of like thinking people have about the internet, like, outside of the people around you and outside of like maybe your immediate family like the internet's like this weird thing that people just don't get and when they're faced with understanding the design or how stuff works like mm-hmm. they just like bloop like nothing makes sense to them they just want it to work so it went you know when you have pe- you know 50 50 year old people with a caravan owner website come in and they'll be like make it work like that's such a weird thing to try and traverse so i the, so those three years are very important for stuff like that I think it kind of drilled into me a certain amount of stuff. And this is kind of where like the Zerpley part of my life started because I sent this pie in this guy tweet and I was like, hey, I want to work in Australia and America. And uh, Tanya Jacobs, who is the co-founder of Zerpley, was like, you should come to Silicon Valley. I didn't know what that was. I had no idea. So I literally Googled it, went to the Wikipedia page and was like, wow, Google, Facebook, Apple. Ah! Like I like was like, that's really cool. Like I couldn't put a name on it before. Like I've been paying attention to products, but I hadn't been paying attention to- They're the, all in the same place? They're all in the same place. Um, I, I just hadn't clicked for me as like a fledgling person doing this stuff. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't, it just didn't make any sense to me. So, you know, he's like, oh, I was like, ah, that's the dream. Because, you know, again, small town thinking, that's the dream. Like I'm never going to get there. That's, that's not my jam. Um, he's like, send me an email. So at the time, uh, he was in Mountain View. Um, they literally, they're from Sweden and Estonia. They've been like, they were like 
balls to the wall. Like we're going to go to Mountain View and try to do startup stuff. They like apply for YC and all this stuff. And I was like, had no idea what that was, <laughs> but I sent him an email and I was like, I was like, Hey dude, like, thanks for the tweet. Like I appreciate the encouragement. Like super cool. He's like, well, what are you up to? Like, what's your situation? And I was like, well, I'm an agency, blah, blah, blah. And he's, it's like, well, you want to come to Mountain View for five weeks? You know, as someone who doesn't know anything and, you know, I had to call my dad and be like, hey, like, I have this opportunity, I think, but I think I might have to quit my full-time job because they're not going to let me leave for five weeks. Because that just, you know, that's not something you do at a small scale kind of agency job, you know what I mean? Um, and he was like, what's the worst that can happen? I don't know, you come home, it's fine. Like, I, I, I can understand that some people don't have that opportunity, but I was like... Yeah, you're right. Like, if it all goes to hell, like, I'm just going to come home, sleep on your couch. I don't give a shit. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes that. Like, you don't get anywhere without taking those especially important risks. And that was mine. That, like, that moment is the reason I'm sat here talking to you guys. Because if I hadn't have done that, I would still be probably a less shitty agency doing terrible things. Uh, so I first heard of you when I joined a little startup called Buffer. <laughs> And they're showing me around. They said, yeah, this is the dashboard. Uh, this guy, Luke Beard, designed it. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. How did you end up designing what I was able to work on for two <laughs> years and never really changed that much? That's very cool. Um, uh, after the Zerpy stuff, like I, I was there for like a year and a half. And then I did some freelancing for stuff for a little bit. Um, I guess I ended up with some sort of reputation at that point because their stuff was in the limelight. And... Buffer came to me and we're like, hey, we really, really need to get away from our bootstrap dashboard because I'm pretty sure it was bootstrap for a long time. Like if even. Pre, pre that. Um, they had no iPhone app and they like wanted version one. And I was like, you know, and it was, um, I had a good chat with Tom Moore and Joel. And I think I was with Leo too. I think I was with all three of them on a conference call while I was in Cheltenham in the United Kingdom. It's pretty cool. And... Yeah, I mean, that was that was one of those, like, cool things because, like, I knew Buffer, like, I knew all of it. And I was still, you know, navigating my way around these kind of these kind of companies. And, like, I was like, what are, what are they doing? And they were like, oh, you know, we make this much money and we really want you to help us make more money. And I was like, absolutely. So <laughs> it was a big scale project for me to take on because it, was, uh, it wasn't the huge, the, the biggest amount of timeline, but it was just cool to work with excited people. Um, and I got to work with Andy directly on the first iOS app. He took my god-awful PSDs and made version one, which did super well. Yeah. And uh, I had to apply for a... I was on a O1 visa for a little bit, and I had to get together evidence for that. And I had to go get all the buffer um, press that they got for like the web dashboard and the, and the iOS app. And I was like, that just helped me get to America. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, and they're still kind of... Still, basically, the dashboard is kind of still my work in some ghost way. What was it like working on product as a freelancer at the time, mm -hmm. I yep. suppose? But it was for a pretty extended period of time. What was that like as opposed to, I don't know, cranking out client work, you know, a little bit quicker, maybe not quite as much on the product side? Yeah. It seems interesting. Uh, Zerpli taught me a lot about like, like how to understand um product design from a kind of experience perspective like it's a lot more than buttons and drop downs you know what i mean like what <laughs> wait really <laughs> um so i mean it was it was cool i'm glad i had my like 
you know, really nitty gritty little team experience to go into something like Buffer and like redesign something that people are going to use like a lot for a long time. And hopefully I made some right decisions since they're still using it. Um, but I mean, it, it's cool. It's it's cool to have people understand where priorities lie. Like if you have people that, again, give fucks, I hope this episode is just called give a fuck. Um, but if you end up with people who understand where like actual customer happiness comes from and like, again, like a paid product, I was like, it was cool to work on. Um, they'll allow you the time and the, 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 the white space to really hone in on something. Like we went through so many iterations of that dashboard, like so many, but yeah, we went through tons and tons and tons of revisions that for, for the buffer stuff. And it was like, eventually when we got it down, like it felt good because we had it and they're still using it. So to come full circle, mm-hmm. what did you do after that? How did, what's the, the journey from there to Allopath? Um, a little bit more freelancing. Um, I worked at, worked pretty closely with the hipstomatic guys for a long time um kind of oh, re- sam sophis oh uh yeah he's the one who got me the job yep uh no actually met him hi sam he's, <laughs> wait really he's great oh and i didn't I, know that was... i have a podcast together <laughs> oh cool he i think he like got me in in the door and then left so i never actually was working directly near him but i re- classic sam story <laughs> but i rebuilt um like all their web stuff for like probably a year and a half or something like that um that was really fun but they kept bringing me up to San Francisco um, to like gel, I guess. And that was one of the contributing factors to be like, if my career is going to move any farther forward, I'm going to have to move to San Francisco because like everything I'd done was with companies here or like had been something around this sphere of the world. So after kind of like the freelancing stuff, I was like, okay, what is my move to go to San Francisco. So I basically had the opportunity to move to San Francisco for a company and it was like one of those like, just come, just, if you want to come, just come. So I finished with a pretty long-term girlfriend. I gave away all my stuff. I put all my Star Wars books in my mom's attic. (gasps) (laughs) And so I had, yeah, so I was like, "Uh, okay, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Cause like, I don't know, I'm young enough. I'm like, I have enough fallback. Like if it, if I don't, if they don't do it, then I'm just going to tread water. And that's not something I've really been interested in doing since I, since I've been on this like path. Since you started giving a fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Since I realized what happens when you care, things have happened. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, you're like, I know big believer in the make your own luck situation. I was like, okay, this is hopefully me making some, let's go. So gave it all up, like flipped my life, like broke a lease on an apartment, came for a company, didn't work out. But at that time, had met Kyle, had met the guys uh, at Allopath. Uh-huh. They were like, you're the perfect fit. Come to us. And that's how it rolled. That is the beautiful thing about this place. Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter how you fall, if there I, is a really great community here that will pick you up. Absolutely. And when you're with people with the similar mindset and like people around you are in the, in the business of building things that are cool and important or potentially important, then, you know, there's, 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 a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff to lift you up as a, as a person. Like I'm, you, know, you guys are, you know, you're ba- you guys are basically bolstering that by interviewing all these great people that have done great things. Well, until this episode, at least. Uh, until jerk off me showed up. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell, <laughs> we're actually out of time. Oh, okay. We're Sorry. actually quite Sorry. over time. Sorry, I just kept talking. No, it's great. This is was super okay? fun. I don't, yeah. I don't really understand what's good or bad about these things. So, well, let's see. Uh, we just came up with a new mathematical formula <laughs> for success. Um, we solved success, you guys. <laughs> I would say we did pretty good on this episode. But advice to how old were you when you moved out here? When you made that decision? 
I was 26. Advice to the 26-year-old and younger yous out there that are facing a big decision like you did to sort of flip your entire life. <laughs> um, am I doing it from an international standpoint or from a uh, just from a career standpoint? Well, you have both, so right. let's talk about it. Um, international people, uh, if you really want a job in the kind of like tech community and you think San Francisco would be a great start, be very careful with immigration. Like it's no joke. If you fuck it up, you will regret it. So um, there are, if you're good enough, there are companies that will love to have you because you know, there is a shortage of really good people. They'll sponsor visas. They'll sponsor visas, but just make sure you do it right. Like if you can get outside like consultation on um, immigration stuff, then please do because it's a very tricky, sticky pile of stuff to wade through on your own. And it's a lot better when you have really tight legal advice. Um, but in just general terms of like going after it, like what's the worst that could happen? Like if you, you know, if you were in the okay situation where you still have your parents' house to go sleep in, then go do that if it all screws up. Cause like, what's the worst that can happen? Honestly, <laughs> like if you, the internet is so great. You can make yourself who you want to be and you can go do what you want to do with very little overhead. It works for the same for people and it works for the same as businesses. Just go at it because there is not much you can lose. So <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Can't think of a better way to end. Awesome. Thanks, uh, thank you. Thank you so oh, much for coming on the uh, show. You're welcome. This Thanks. was fun, man. I hope it was okay. This was great. Excellent. <laughs> That was episode 127. Thank you so much to Luke for coming and hanging out with us. It was super fun. Feel free to use that formula for success in all of your daily conversations in front of your boss, preferably. As long as you're okay being wrong. Yeah. Thanks again to Luke for coming out. And thank you again so much to our two sponsors that made this episode possible. First up, as always, Dropbox. Dropbox is the simplest way to work the way you want on any file, with any device, from wherever you are, and with anyone you choose. So you can just keep building cool stuff and not worry about syncing it across all your computers and devices and craziness. You can go check them out and get started at dropbox.com. Thank you once again to Dropbox. And of course, thank you so much to Wayno for making this episode and podcast possible. Go check them out at wayno.co, U-E-N-O dot C-O. Check out their work. They're cranking out amazing designs for some really rad companies. They want you to work for them. Click the careers link in the header. Tell them we sent you. And if you're in San Francisco or the Bay Area on a Friday night, come hang out with us at their happy hour. You can learn more by following them on Twitter at Wayno.co spelled out is their handle. Look forward to seeing you there. And thanks so much once again to Wayno. We'll see you next week.